God is a God who performs miracles. It's not just a God that he created the world and everybody has, you know, everybody goes, I know there's something out there. No, God is a God of love. God is love. It actually says God is love. God has many names of his character and one of them is just love. And then love can be very misunderstood if you don't understand the agape love that God is giving. Um, Turn your Bibles to uh, Psalm 77. Now, the title is, Is God a God who performs miracles in your life? Well, you can say, of course, if you're a church-going folk. You're going to intellectually yield to the default of, yeah. But now I want you to stop and think, is that the way you live this last week, this last month, or maybe this year? Is it like I believe in God, but I'm not really thinking God is a God that can do amazing things still in my life, my marriage, my child raising, my career opportunities, my just who I am. My vibe and my attitude and my perspective on how I see life. If God is a God that you believe everything is possible, nothing is impossible, then your perspective and attitude toward life exudes faith. Let's look in Psalm 77. And, and now why we look at this, ver- this, this, this is that everybody's not going to always feel what I just said. But the longer and the more you grow in faith, the more you're going to grab and be able to get back there. Because God is the God of miracles. God is God that's here. If you're down or having a hard time, no one's telling you to do jumping jacks and cheerlead and be fake. But if you're a faithful person in God, God's saying, why are you staying like that? I'll love you just the way you are, but you don't need to stay in that position. Something's off. And I'm not. God's not off. God's going, something's off with you the way you're looking at your life or problem. So perhaps you put God in a box. Subconsciously, we all can do that indirectly. Yeah. We don't, we would never, we never meaningly do that, but the problem starts to become bigger and God becomes smaller, but God, we're still asking God to help us, but the problem or the challenge is too big. Yeah. Amen? Psalm 77 verse 1. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out my untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. Remember the old days, guys? The good old days. If you start talking about too much of the good old days, you might want to heart check yourself and go, are these the good days too? Remember the good times? Remember those times? <laughs> we can all go there, right? Well, this is where he's going right now. He's being real. He's struggling. And let's pick up in verse 5 again. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God 
forgotten to be merciful? I mean, think about this. This is like in the Bible, a prayer and a faithful man being real. Now look how he keeps praying through this. Let's keep going. Has, has, he, has he in anger withheld his compassion? Verse 10. Then I thought, see, mind renewal. Faith begins with using your mind to see God's word on paper. God created man and woman. He created the world and he created the brain. Before man was created, human beings were created. Somehow, some way, whatever his design center was in the heavenly realm, we look at that brain as a piece of meat. You ever seen a brain, anatomy of a brain? It's, it's like, oh, it's just like a lump. It's like, it's like you, you've seen a brain, right? Whether you're in a science class or on, on a documentary. It's like, oh my gosh, that's all, all that goes on in there? Think about how much goes on in there. But see, he says thought. Then I thought. So what happens in, before verse 10? He's real. He's praying. Guess what? When you're not feeling like you can even speak, it's hard to make a decision to pray. When you're feeling so struggling, he says, I cried out for help. I'm not hearing it. My life is, I'm not seeing it. I'm hurting. And then he says, I am uh, having trouble even speaking. I was too troubled to speak. I'm going through some serious pain. I groaned. I don't know if that's what his groan was. But sometimes you can't speak. You're hurting so bad. You just don't. And then he says, I meditated. See, meditated is starting to ruminate the right things in your mind, not the wrong things. And when you allow God in prayer and you allow to remember his word and things that can remember who God still is, you start to meditate. And meditating is powerful. When you do your times with the Lord, you don't just go, I read the scriptures and I'm gone. Someone goes, hey, what did you read? What you, is there anything you're, you're being moved by God? You should always be able to answer. It's not like it's a test, but you should always be able to go, God's word is moving me. I'm grateful for this, or I've learned this. Meditating on your own, like what's, what am I learning? What, what's going on? Ongoing walking with God. In verse 10, then I thought, to this I will appeal the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. You can almost feel his attitude and faith getting more convicting in the prayer. I will remember. And then he says, I will remember the deeds. Verse 11, I remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Now, this is what I love, verse 14. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples with your mighty arm. You redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God, but God, the waters saw you and writhed, which means they just shriveled up. Like, oh, the waters actually took a, you know, like a cartoon. If you saw the waters with eyes that made it look cartoon, the waters would look and go, oh, and back off. That's what he's saying with God. The waters of the, the, uh, of, that he parted for the people of God to go through and be rescued 
from the Egyptians. See, that's a miracle to this day when we read that. It's not just a fun story or a movie. You got to go, whoa, that God is my God. And he needed to do what he needed to do to continue to do what he needs to do with his movement of people. The movement of God is always being moved, rescued, and advanced just like today. We are in a movement of God. We are a people of God. Are you with me, church? In verse 16, the waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed, and the very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water, and the heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in a whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. You can even hear the, the, the pulse of the living word of God and the passion in this person's prayer. And I'm not elaborating on it, but you just know he started out just being honest and real. I got nothing. But I got enough to cry out to you and tell you and keep praying. See, you stop praying, you stop really having belief. Sometimes we got to grab each other and pray. Go, you can do this. But if you stop praying and you're not praying anymore, what's going on? You're, God says prayer is powerful. Why wouldn't you pray? Either you don't feel like it, you don't believe it, or you're hurting and maybe you need to be open and someone can help you pray. Amen. But just to stay non-prayerful, something's going on. He cries through this, works his way into it, is honest about what he feels, what is going on, be real, but he's continuing and we see he's a person of faith so he even reiterates what he knows in the scriptures and the promises of God. See, if you're a disciple, which is Jesus calls people to follow him, which is a learner, and which is a Christian, the way Jesus defines, you're a person that is appealing and striving to obey God, make Jesus Lord, follow Jesus, and believe and follow the word of truth and be learn to grow and be sensitive to the spirit of God as you stay in the truth of God. And the Bible says that you can grow and become more and more mature in your faith. That excites me. So it's not just, oh good, I'm saved by grace, we're all the same. No, I like to see God moving in my life. My life is different than your life. I'm not better than any of you, but I see God in my pain, my problems, my sin, my repentance, because it's exciting. I want to go to heaven, but I'm here now and I want to walk with God. Do you? That's what you need to believe. God is the God of miracles in your life. Point number one, a miracle shines bright. A miracle shines bright. Look in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. What do I mean by that? I want to commend everybody that's working on this play. We got a lot of people working on this play. I didn't even count everybody up there. I mean, I don't even know. Earl's a guy in numbers. Maybe he counted them, but I didn't yet. I don't even know who's in that. But I know when everybody got up at the end with the cast and crew, I think there's probably close to 35, 40 people. And we did it last night, and we went through it, and we've been doing it for months, rehearsing. It's a lot of pieces. It's amazing. But the first run-through was, like, a little bit uh, shaky. 
and I thought that, and see if I thought that and went, eh, and didn't say anything as the leader, I got to grab it and not allow my thoughts to go, wow, let's just hope it works. Let's pray. I'll see you next week. That's, I had to look at myself and go, no, I don't know what's going to happen later. But I know that we can turn it around and whatever's going to happen, we're going to do the best we can and we're going to own it and we're going to bring it. And we're going to do what we got to do to change it. And that's a leader. And you need to be able to lead yourself as you follow Jesus. Jesus is the leader, but you need to decide to allow yourself to deny yourself. That's the first step. Because you just need to believe we're going to go into this in any situation, all bells on. In any life situation you're going into, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm with the God who works miracles. And that's the attitude you go in. Let's look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, chapter 3 of Daniel, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So we're in a serious situation to bring you guys up. These are three Hebrews that have been taken slaves into Babylon, Babylonian uh, uh, country, and Nebuchadnezzar, and they made an edict to everybody. They made a huge tower, a false idol, and said, everybody's going to worship this. And when I tell everybody to bow down, everybody bows down. And then these three weren't doing it. They would pray to God, the God of the Bible, the God we pray to. And it got back to them. And then they said, what are you going to do? So now they're defending themselves and saying, this is who we are. Let's look at verse 18. They just got done saying, hey, listen, if we're throwing the blazing fire, God's going to, is able to deliver us. But then in verse 18, he says, but even if he does not, whoa, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed and ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. That means as hot as you could get it. And commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and throw them into blazing fire. So you got some of the most powerful, strong soldiers coming up, manhandling these guys and wrapping them up, tie, tied them up. And look in verse 21. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, robes, Trousers and turbans are all flowing. It's not like tight, you know, like skinny tight jeans like today people wear. It's like you're flowing. It's like you got a big robe. You don't want to, you know, walking next to fire, you're going to catch. It's like so easy. They're all, you know, decked out in whatever they wear at that time. Tur tur turbans, all that. All cl uh, cloth. And it says wearing all this stuff, they were bound in verse 21 and thrown into the blazing fire. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That means the strongest shoulders that wrapped, they, that means they couldn't walk. They were so tied up. They, they weren't just like this, go. Like, just keep moving, keep moving, and they're pushing them. They were so tied up that the soldiers had to carry them and they're just going to loft them into the furnace. 
So the, they, they said that these, so these strong, powerful men walked up. They, got, they even just got, got so close that it killed them all. They, they had to just drop it. So they all died. Verse 23. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there only three that were tied up and threw in the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Now, he doesn't know God, so he's just going, it's a divine, supernatural being in there with those guys. What's going on? Because he's a false god. He's like, what's up? All he can see is there's a supernatural figure in there. In verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. See, if you're going to believe in miracles, like I said, point one is a miracle shines bright. And you're going to shine bright no matter what. And the key on really seeing your faith is you don't change and go up and down because of outside circumstances. See, if you're truly a man or woman of God, you may deal with fear you may deal with pain. You may deal with weakness. That's grace. We're all saved by grace. You're going to be in those positions. So like in Psalm, you just got to pray. I don't feel like talking, but I'm talking. I can barely talk. I'm so hurting. I'm groaning and meditating. And I'm day and night. I'm, I'm really not seeing you, God. That's what that person was saying. I'm really not seeing you for right now. I'm struggling. Pushing through in your pain and asking God. But then see, if you're a man or woman that lives by faith, you're a miracle. Because when you're baptized into Christ, that's a miracle. To have your eyes open and understand your sins forgiven and you received a gift of the Holy Spirit, that's not just a lip service. You know what happened while you studied the Bible and changed your life and made decisions to see sin and change and go, God, help me. I understand what Jesus did for me. Help me. Forgive me. Not only forgive me, but I'm going to live different and I'm going to need your help. That's a miracle because you can't do it on your own. They said here that the key here is their faith is miraculous because it's in verse 17, they say, if we're thrown in the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from the magic hands. There's no doubt. I have no doubt. doesn't matter what happens. I have no doubt God's all in, all powerful. But then in verse 18, they just say this, but even if he does not, we just want you to know Still replite and respectful. You know, in 1 Peter it says, when you share your faith, do it with gentleness and respect. Anytime anybody asks 
for the reason, the hope you have. Share your faith. Share your faith. But do it with gentleness and respect. And that's where he says, oh, hey, I just want you to know, uh, your majesty, <laughs> we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold set up no matter what. So basically what you're saying is, God's, it's not that God's not working right now in a bad situation. This may be time for me to go. But we know God doesn't, doesn't just do things to us to lead people around going, wow, where's your God? God always does things, and you have to have faith in the situation and let God decide how it's going to end. If you're dying and you're faithfully dying with joy on your deathbed and not going, oh, the test came back, oh, no. No, you still go through that, but you're going, I'm ready to die. A disciple should say, amen, I'm going to be humble to the doctors, I'm going to be humble to the thing, guess what, they didn't get it all, I'm dying. Thank for visiting me, I don't know where I'm going, we're not just going to work on death, but I'm, I'm content. That's, that's faith, that shines, people look at that and go, what do I do with that? Yeah. They're even uncomfortable. Yeah. It's okay, I've surrendered, if God wants to change me, I will, I'm still here, but if I'm going to die, so be it. Yeah. Can you bring me some of that jello tomorrow though when you visit again? <laughs> Keep praying. I'm, I don't want to die yet. Keep praying, but it, I'm fine. If it, it's a time, can you say that? If you can't, look inside yourself and go, "Why not?" See, look in, look in Matthew five fourteen, because the only thing that's stopping you is your fear, and fear imprisons. Fear is we all have it. I hate it. If you hate what God hates, you're going to go after it. It's going to come but you're going to go after it. You're not going to be fake or false bravado, but you're going to deal. You're going to let God know you're afraid. You're going to let know. We're all fragile. Matthew 5, verse 14, church. Matthew 5, 14. See, we know life ends as human beings. So why does the world and most people grasp it like it's the only life to live and you put everything into it? See, God says, yeah, don't negate and use your talents and blow out life and Joe life. I love being a human being. I love being a human being. That sounds because I'm not going to be a human being when I die. I'm not going to be a human being. I'm going to be a spiritual being after this body goes. So I'm a human being. I know I'm temporary. So I'm enjoying driving this car. This is a car God gave me. I'm in it. I'm driving it. It's God's car. So I'm going to enjoy driving it. And I'm going to wash it. And I'm going to take care of it. And I'm going to keep it in shape the best I can. And I'm going to keep moving. But it's God's car. But I know it's all good. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, you're walking with God, a man, a man or woman of faith shines. Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, and Abednego, they were shining. They weren't being disrespectful, but they were shining in their response. And, they had, and humanistically, they had no power. If people were looking at his faith, go, bro, you're losing. You might want to second guess that God. The other, because everybody else is cowering. Yeah. They're, <laughs> but they're, they're not thinking humanistically. 
They're thinking God is in control right now. He's not just in control when things are going smooth. I'm going to have to speak up. God's put me in a position, not because he wants to hurt me, but he's put me in a pressure position. Why? It's now, who are you? Are you going to cower back because you really are afraid that God's not in with you in this moment? And may not be with you if he throws you in the furnace, which he was with them. God was with them in the fiery furnace. Three got thrown in. There was a fourth. It says very clear. There's another figure walking around. And it looks like one of the gods. Which he was saying, it's divine. I can't explain it. They're all four walking in blazing fire that killed the strongest soldiers before they got up to the fire. They were even getting up. "Ah," They just died. And then these guys are in there walking around. And that's, you know, kings don't get up for no one back in those days. This king leaped about. Kings never get up for no one back then. You don't even go see a king unless you're requested to see him. He leaps out of his chair. "Ah!" See, their faith in the miraculous God, even willing to go into fire and die, got him off his feet change the whole conviction of people. That's what you need to be looking at, not looking at protect me. You need to be going serve God and use all of me. You have a car, you use it to go to work. You use it to go on vacation. You use it to run errands. You use it to help people get somewhere. It's not like you call people and say, no, no, I don't want to go. It's a new car. I'm just keep it here. I go three miles a month. Don't want to do anything wrong with it. No, you need your car. That's what you do with your life. You run it down. You use it up. You use it up for God. You are the light of the world. If you're a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're not hiding who you are in different scenarios. You're not forcing it and being disrespectful either. You're praying for wisdom on how to let your light shine, and maybe it's not even bringing up Word or God or Bible or church, it's just being kind and serving and connecting and, and praying, God, give me an opportunity. Yes. Come on, Chris. But you certainly, just like the Bible says, you cannot hide a city that is sitting on a hilltop. Think about it. Have you ever drove in the mountains or drove, you guys don't have mountains here, but <laughs> in Arizona, I grew up there, we had lots of mountains, and you could go out of Phoenix and go go to a place called Jerome. It's a little old ghost town now, mining town, but it was called Jerome. And it was back, and it, was, it had a booming mining time in the 1800s. And now it becomes kind of a tourist thing, but they still have old-fashioned, like a place you can stay. It's like an old cowboy hotel, but they've made it like different rooms. But, you, you know, it's old time, but you go. And when you're driving toward it in, from Phoenix and through the mountains, you can see the mountain up there at night. You can see the lights on the hill. Yeah. It's a little teeny historic town, but you see the lights. You can see the lights can't hide that. Or just if you see uh, any kind of mountain or hill with houses up there, you see the lights. That's what God's saying to you. Who are you with everyone? Your light shines at night. It can be seen for miles. If we live for Jesus, we will glow like lights, shining brightly with love. And many who are living in spiritual darkness will be attracted to your light if your vibe and spirit is good. See, if you're struggling so much that you can't even give yourself to people consistently and be kind and be out of yourself, I'm not down, this isn't judgment, but it's Jesus. He says, you're the light of the world. Why aren't you lighting up? 
Figure it out. Ask God. Get in the Bible. See what's going on. I don't even know why I'm down. Let me get out. Amen. Ask God for answers because God says you're the light of the world. Amen. Jesus' light reveals truth. And we will only hide our light when, by being quiet when we should speak. You know when you're moved to speak and you don't. Fear. Going along with a crowd that you know is wrong and against God's will or against things, just you're afraid to do something. Speak up. Denying God's truth. Letting the dimness go because of the crowd of the people you're around. You're cowering. Doesn't mean you have to be the hero. But I'm not going along with a program. You know, there was one time we were playing tennis way back in Newport Beach, and I was playing with some guys, and I was married. It was like 96, I think. We were over in Newport Beach in California. And we were reaching out to guys, but we were playing men's double tennis. And one of the guys started making gay comments, like joke, sarcastic homosexual jokes. And he didn't know I was a Christian. And I just was going, what do I do here? If I don't say anything, he's like, I'm going along with this. And I'm like making fun of gay people. And I, and I, I, I don't, that means he's going to think if I just go along with it and don't say anything, I'm one of those guys. I used to be one of those guys, possibly. I said, hey, you know, I just had to think how to do it. I didn't want to come at him or just, you know, I said. But I, it was the first time I was a younger Christian. I remember I had to go. It wasn't even about him. It was like, this, if I don't say something, God, I, I'm, I'm just letting people think I agree with that. Yeah. And I remember just saying, hey, you know, I just want to let you know. I don't agree with the way you're making fun of that, that gay joke. I'm a Christian. I, I just don't think, it, you know, if there was someone that struggled with homosexuality, I don't think that, that would help them. It wouldn't work with them. I don't condone homosexuality because God says it's a sin, but I don't go into that. But I don't just, I don't look down on people. I strive to be righteous, even though if I disagree with their lifestyle, I have to pray for wisdom. But I don't just go along with it, just like guys maybe in the locker room in high school, they're talking smack about girls. Yeah. Not anymore. Don't disrespect the women, bro. That's disrespectful. You know, and many of us know we have wives and daughters. It's like, it gets more convicting. You, you know, everybody's my daughter. Yeah. Everybody I see, not only in the church, the girls here, if I don't even know them, I try to go, they're someone's daughter, but they're God's daughter, or God wants them to be their daughter. Yeah. And it helps change me. And, you know, I was nothing like that before I became a Christian, just to be honest. I'd be the one talking smack in the locker room like a sinful dog. I've changed, so I change. And I don't try to hurt people's feelings, but I'm not going to be down just because it may be going against the grain of the vibe I'm in. You guys with me? And that's what you need to do, too. Explain the light. When you get into a conversation, be praying to God for wisdom. Share from your person on why you believe. It's not just look at this scripture, look at this scripture. It's you share what happened to you. I started studying the Bible. I was invited to church. I go, I never went to church. I couldn't believe I went to church when they invited me. Something's going on. And I remember when I started studying the Bible, it was awkward. I didn't know the Bible. I never looked at it, but it started to hit me like a ton of bricks. I used to say it was like a Mike Tyson punch in my jaw. I just had to keep coming for more. It was definitely like, whoa. And I kept going, help me understand this. And it just, it was the power of God. What is a miracle? A miracle, biblically, is a supernatural event done by God, the God of the Bible, for a reason that he approves of and wills. See, you can't just throw out loose words, miracle. You don't know, I don't know, you can attribute it, but if it's, if it's, if it's something to help him in his will, 
and he approves of it, it doesn't go against the scripture, then it'd be a miracle. It's not that God can't do miracles every day, and I'll tell you why. You're a miracle. If you touch this right here, your pulse, it's going. You can feel it. Are you doing anything to keep that going? You know, no, are you doing anything to get you awake again? I don't care if you're on the best diet, running, have the best trainer. You have all the, you have an oxygen tank you get in at night. I, it doesn't matter. A freezing chromosome thing. All, you know, everything, it doesn't matter. You're going to die tomorrow, you're going to die tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Nothing wrong. You got to take care of yourself, but don't get extreme. Yes. Miracles are powerful. The word a miracle uh, in the dictionary says an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. We pray for God to do miracles. But if you don't believe in miracles, perhaps you've forgotten that you are one. See, if you're walking around, I don't know about you, but if you get to a point where you couldn't walk and I had that privilege to be paralyzed a quadriplegic, I look at it as a privilege because now for me to come up the stairs and even stand here, and I know I still walk like kind of a, you know, walking zombie, but I'm walking. And I know what it felt like to, to look at my toes and go, I can't move them for days, for months, looking at, pull, my toe would be out of the cover. I couldn't move my foot, but I'd be like, with my mind, I, my toe's not moving. I can't feel when I have to go pee. I don't know if it's full. Is it full? They'd have to go and measure it and then come in and they have to draw it out. I can't do anything. So that was grateful because now it keeps me more grateful. I'm glad I went through that experience because I took things for granted. And I'm not saying you guys do, but everything you can do in this life in the car God gave you, you, be grateful the door handle's not broken. Be grateful the window still goes up and down, but if it doesn't, be grateful you can still drive. We live on a blue planet that circles around a ball of fire next to a moon that moves the oceans. And you don't believe in miracles? Oh, it's science. You should believe in God more because science is God. God created science. Think about it. I'm going to read this again. We live on a blue planet that circles around a ball of fire next to a moon that moves the ebb and flow of the seas. Wow. We've all heard that probably and read that, and we all can say, yeah, yeah, but we've known it so much. Be tripped out every time you see it. Yeah. Trip out when you go, don't look at the sun, because you can't, by the way. If you try, you can't do it. You'll, you, can't, you can't do it. It's not, you can burn your eye, but you can't. Just go try. You won't be, God, it's so strong, you won't even be able to burn your eyes. I know how to wreck your eyes. You can't even do it long enough to wreck your eyes. Just try to look at the sun full. You, you can't do it. You can tell I've tried it. It's shocking, isn't it? I look at the moon every night. I tell Sonia, and if I can see stars, but the moon, when it's out full recently, I always stop and go, that's the same moon that the first human beings that were created saw see the same thing. You know, Jesus walked on the earth, saw Moses. But even before that, all humanity sees that same moon at night with the, you know, reflecting the sun. The same humanity, thousands of years, sees the same thing. And it stays up there. Or we're over here, whatever. It's like grab, right? Come on. You don't think someone's in control? And then there's those miracles we are surrounded by in our everyday lives. 
The ones maybe we can take for granted, like I didn't mean to take for granted, but I know once you go through a hard time, and many of you have, right? Everybody's gone. If you get through it, you hopefully can see the miracle of the lesson. The miracle is the lesson sometimes, not the outcome. You may become out less functional physically. You may have more challenges. You may have taken a hit financially. The lesson's not that. The lesson, if God allowed that, is in what you're learning from it that is eternal and divine for you. You guys understand that? What about little things? You know, you've ever heard the comment, stop and smell the roses? I don't know who made that quote, but it's so true. A lot of times I don't stop and smell the roses, but I do now. I try to. I'll stop for a bumblebee. I really am that thoughtful now. Meaning I'm just in awe. I don't take it. I look at creation and I go, oh, look at that. <laughs> I, 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 I just am in awe and I realize I had to set that button back where I just enjoy life. I get up. I have to grab my mind at times. And, you know, I may have to get my attitude right with God and get just doing. But then I just try to go one moment at a time. I can't do anything right except be here with you. Just like you. So I can't worry. If you're thinking about what you're doing tomorrow, what you're doing this, just if you had to make a schedule and you did it, then just stop. Now, now it's done because you can't do anything. You get there unless, you know, unless there's something, you know, you got to do assignment wise or whatnot, but just, it doesn't help. That's a miracle. If you can get to that point and use your brain the way God wants you to do not worry about tomorrow for today has enough trouble of its own. And you're free. If you can stay in there, oh, it's a freedom. What about the majesty of the green, the lightning and thunder in these storms that we have in Florida? You know, during the summers, I just, oh, it's, 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 it, I never forget that God used that supernatural force in miracles and things he did with Moses. You know, he uses that. Job even says, you are the God that, you know, God said, where were you when they just went, where the lightning bolts come from? Do you know where they are? You know, it's like, where, where you, no, and he's like, you know, I love that when he just brace yourself. And God has to remind us all. See, atheists, which people who don't decide not to believe, are indoctrinated by their self-religion and belief system that they decide. And it's not like they had to decide to believe in something too. And it's usually founded on their friends or their family belief systems and other persons who wrote something maybe on the internet in a book. And they don't really want to believe, or they, do, they don't believe in miracles because they can't actually occur because their tiny mind isn't growing big enough to have faith. So if they can't explain it, then it doesn't happen. And see, if you believe in God, your brain hits endless gears. The car that you have now just doesn't have fourth or fifth. It has endless gears as you mature. I didn't know it was even up there, God. Thank you. Because your mind, there's no, there's no ceiling with God. You're growing. Because you decide to believe in the impossible. Are you with me, church? Let's look at um, Matthew 19, 26. You know, as you're, as you're looking at this about miracles, guys, you have to renew your mind every day. Because you could go from 60 to zero quick. Because life happens. Struggles are there. Stress is real. Depression comes. I'm not negating any of that. You, but God is the God of miracles. He can overcome and help you work through. And we already know, pray through it. But refer to God's word. And then think about your life. And remember the things that happen. Don't just remember now the clouds you're in. I got to go back. It's amazing 
How you just go through history and go, wow, God was there. God was there. I got through that. God was awesome. Yeah. Luke 18, 27. I mean, excuse me, Matthew 19, uh, yeah, 19, uh, excuse me, 19, 26. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That's a simple verse. How about memorizing that? I'm going to ask any of you to memorize that. You'll do well if you memorize that. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Now, maybe at times in your life you may not say that, but you want to say, but. Well, pray it. Go, God, but. Pray your faithlessness. Pray your fear. Pray your explanation. He wants to hear it. Pray through it. You're going to get out of it because God's going to go, that's nonsense, but I want to hear it. Pray through it. Look at the Bible. God says all things are possible. So if you're stuck, that's not God doing that. It's you not opening your mind to the next faithful gear of the car he's given you with faith. Do you believe in miracles? See, I need to believe in miracles in my life. I love reading the stories of scriptures where Jesus changes people's lives or does things, but it can't just go, that was then, this is now. God changes my mind. God helps me grab and forgive quickly. That's a miracle. I don't hold on to attitudes. I don't got time to be glum. See, if you have an attitude or unforgiving towards somebody, really think about it. You're not joyful. Until you deal with that, you have a heaviness on you. Even if the person's not there, you got to go God of miracles, the cross, and you get in touch, you go, forgive me. I'm clear with everyone. I will hug everyone to death. I'm not going to be unrelatable, but that's where I go. I have to ask God to take it away. I have no racism, no attitude. Even if people don't like me, I still like them. That's a miracle. You, and then you're free. You're free. I don't walk around going, oh, no, I'm feeling this. I got to pray. I got to deal. I go, destroy it. I'm going to go out. I want to enjoy life. I don't want to waste my life going, uh, I got to get it out. Yeah. takes time. It's a waste of time to hold attitudes. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. You can't be fake. But I just, God, I need to deal with this. Forgive me. And if I need to talk to the person, I'm going to do it quick. I need it over. Boom. Yes. Where are you at today on your faith? Make it a decision. Even if you're doing well, do, do grow. It's not about how well you're doing. You're saved by grace if you're a Christian. Study the Bible if you're visiting. Don't just self-proclaim you're a Christian. Don't allow lip service to tell you you're a Christian. Don't allow your mind to go, I'm a Christian because I did some word or some ceremony. You need to know the Bible and why, and then what does it mean to make Jesus Lord? You need to be in the Bible with people of God. Yes. Come on, Chris. Miracles. What are some in my life? I got married. I'm still married. That's not my wife. Is, I, I would be divorced if I was not a Christian. Not because of Sonia. Because of my bloodline and who I am. I'm a, I just can't do it. I live the life because Jesus died for me. And I'm so grateful that I let God lead. And I need God to help me. That's a miracle. See, we take that for granted. 20 eight plus years, I don't brag. I go, that's awesome. It's a miracle. I got baptized in 93. I know what it means. And I've kept my vow in terrible, good, faithful, sinful, but I've stayed faithful. And I'm, and I, cause I meant it to Jesus. I've needed help. I've needed forgiveness. I never, but I've never go, I'm done. You know, uh, I've died almost three times. I don't know why he left me alive, except he's not done. I'm not special, but I go, hey, I'm still here. 
See, when you lack faith, don't be embarrassed. We're all in the same club. Some of you may sit in here going, wow, I wish that preacher, I love some of that fire. I've been in the same seat where someone's preaching. I'm like, intellectually going, amen, amen, amen. But I'm like feeling bad because I'm not there. But I'm here, I'm in the group, and I'm like, eh, eh, eh. but then I go, what's wrong? And that's what I do every day. What's wrong? Every day I got to go, what's wrong? Why? Because I need God and I need, I need him to adjust my brain. Every day. I don't wake up and go, evangelist, super evangelist, I'm here, I am, I'm leading the church. I have to fight just like you. Get in the Bible, deal with my sin, look at life, pray through things, and fight and make a decision to be shining like a light. Anytime I show up, I'm not fake. I go, I got to bring it because I don't want to be a downer to anybody because that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, be positive, even if you don't have answers. Even if I, I don't have to tell you what's going to happen in your future, but I can say God is here, and if you'll believe, he's working. Because I know he is. That's all we need to know. That's pretty cool, isn't it? If you know he's a good God, he loves you, and he's working, that kind of changes your perspective right there. It's like, I'm going to deal with what's real, but I'm not going to mope through it. I don't want to be mopey Joe anymore. I want to be happy Harold. The disciples many times, guys, as we close out through the, if you read the Gospels, the disciples that were right with Jesus when he walked the earth, they lack faith, just like we do. When we read the Bible, we can relate to them, right? And we hold on to those stories and we're moved. And then you got to realize, God's not trying to make you feel less or feel bad. He's trying to say, open your eyes again spiritually, meditate, think, pray through it, get back and think. Take yourself out of where you're at in this, in this period or season and get out of it and go, I'm still here. God, you're still here. And decide, decide to go, I can do all things with God and all things are possible with God and to God be the glory. Amen. <laughs>